This is Oklahoma Perspective. Local law enforcement agencies need more recruits. That includes the Tulsa County Sheriff's Office. TCSO Public Information Officer Casey Roebuck talks to KRMG's Russell Mills about the need and their upcoming job fair. We are uh, having having trouble in this country right now staffing um, our law enforcement agencies. This is not just a local problem. It's, it's a mm-hmm. national thing. Serving the community is definitely one of the reasons people get involved in law enforcement. Um what, but what else is the pitch? I mean, what are you guys telling folks to try to, to try to bring them in? What, you know, what's the, I guess, the elevator speech to try to convince someone that this might be a viable option for them? You know, honestly, we're just looking for people that have a heart to serve their community. Uh, I think everybody knows you don't go into the law enforcement business to get rich. You go into this business because you genuinely want to help people. And if you want a job that is very fulfilling to you in that way, this is the perfect place for you to be. Hey, if you don't want to be on the front lines holding a gun, we have other jobs for you uh, that are extremely important here. Uh, You don't have to have a gun and a badge to work in the jail, but the work that those detention officers do in the jail to guard those inmates and protect them and keep them secure are ground zero for keeping people safe in Tulsa County. I don't think they get enough credit for that, but that's an extremely valuable job and a big cog in the wheel of the criminal justice system. So there are other ways that you can do that. Um, We are doing things to try and maintain our staff. Uh, We just gave 13.5% raises to certified members of our agency uh, just to try and stop the attrition. Uh, A lot of people who've been in this business a long time, they've enjoyed their career, but they're saying, you know what, it's just kind of a tough time to be in law enforcement. And I think I want to cash out and retire or go do something else. So we really want people to focus on how important this work is. Um, But we want people to apply that are willing to stick in there through the hard, hard times and, and really dedicate themselves to serving the public. So those are the folks that we want to come tomorrow and, uh, and see if we can't get them a job here at this agency or one of the other agencies that are going to be there. Well, you know, let's go ahead and rip off that bandaid. I mean, what are these retiring, you know, deputies uh, Mm -hmm. saying they're saying it's, it's hard to be in law enforcement right now. Why? Is that because society is kind of picking on the cops right now? We've heard about defund the police type movements and all this kind of stuff. But I'm also hearing a lot of people saying, you know, we're, we have asked way too much from our law enforcement people. They're not trained to be mental health experts and to talk, you know, suicidal people out of hurting themselves or others. That's you know, maybe we, we need to change how we train them or, but what are they saying when they, when they, when they hang up the badge? Well, this has always been a very proud profession. I know when I was growing up and my grandpa was a police officer, he would come in there and say, how many kids in this room want to be a police officer when you grow up? And you would see all of these hands go up because it was held in such high esteem. And then the last couple of years when our community policing people go into classrooms, they don't want to do it anymore. Because there, there is a lot of anti-police rhetoric and the notion that law enforcement is systematically racist. And sometimes, you know, our, our people's kids get, you know, mean things said to them about their mom and their dad because they work at a law enforcement agency. And so if guys or gals have other options, they're like, you know what, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, they're either retiring or they're going to go do something else. And so we really want to impress upon people that apply that every day in this job, I'll be out and about with their officers and somebody will stop at the table and shake their hand and say, thank you for your service. 
let me buy that coffee for you today. So the majority of, of people, especially here in Tulsa County, are pro-law enforcement and they support our men and women who work in this business. And I can't impress upon you guys enough how much that means to them. Uh, it makes putting up the time that they get called bad names while arresting people 100% worth it. So it, we knew at some point the rhetoric was going to catch up that maybe people wouldn't want to do this anymore. And we are seeing that. And if we, and if that wasn't the climate, I don't think that there would be a need to have a multi-county or agency job fair, but we're all seeing it. We're seeing it across the country. We're seeing it right here in Tulsa County. And the sad thing is, is that the people we serve are going to pay the price for that if we can't fill these jobs. We don't want to cut back on community policing things. We don't want to cut back on the number of people that are answering those calls because we want to be able to get there quickly when someone needs us. And that's why we are focusing so heavy on recruiting right now, because this is all we can do to try and turn the tide. You know, it occurs to me that, you know, it, it, it isn't just law enforcement. People in a lot of career fields have gone, you know what, with COVID and everything going on, they've sort of glimpsed their mortality and went, life's too short. I'm move, I'm going to do something I love doing. I'm not going to do this thing anymore. And I think that that is probably another part of what's going on with the law enforcement folks. You know, it's, sure. uh, everybody's having a hard time finding employees right, right now. It's, it's not just us, but the fact that we have current employees that are leaving in alarming numbers is something that we all need to be concerned about. The double whammy. Nope. Yeah. I hear you. So traditionally, I think a lot of people think that unless you have some military background or, or, you know, something like that, you're probably not suited for police work. And that's just not the case. In -hmm. fact, my understanding is um, they have to kind of untrain military folks because it's a different job. It's a different approach. It's de-escalation, not find the enemy and kill them, but try to try to talk to people so that we don't end up with gunfire or Mm -hmm. violence. It's a very different approach. Um, so what kind of backgrounds? It sounds like you've got all kinds of different jobs. We do. Um, Are there particular we, we, skill sets that you're looking for? So obviously we want somebody that has a heart to serve their community and wants to make a difference. And uh, But we, it's a whole vast variety of things. If you want to be a certified deputy, typically we promote from the jail through that process, our detention officers. But it, we will also hire complete certified law enforcement from other agencies. Maybe they're moving from Rogers County to Tulsa. We'll, we'll take them because then we don't have to pay you know, to train them all over again. So with that, we require 60 hours of college credit, not a four-year degree. Uh, but with, say, like a detention officer, you just have to be 18 years old. You have to have a high school diploma or a GED, be able to pay a, uh, pass a background check, a drug test. Um, but the, the threshold for hiring there is a lot less than it would be for a certified deputy. But we, we also have those same requirements uh, for office staff, for maintenance people. If you're 18, got a GED, you can perform minimal physical tasks and pass a drug test. Uh, we definitely want to talk to you about a career here. And there's a path to promote through the agency. Even as detention staff, we've created uh, corporal positions and sergeants where they can promote within the jail if they don't want to come and be a certified deputy. So we have a ton of opportunities. And that is a path to becoming a certified deputy, right? They start as a detention officer mm-hmm. and they go through that, you know, through that training and, and right. fill that obligation. But then they, they are allowed to, if they want to yes. branch into the actual field work and become a fully certified deputy. Absolutely. Once they get some experience in the jail, 
uh, they have an opportunity to test for a deputy position here. And that is the path that the majority of our certified came through. They started out as a detention officer. Um, our, our current uh, jail administrator started out as a DO. And now he is a deputy chief of this agency. So this is where everybody gets, you know, their foot in the door, typically for these certified positions. So, you know, we encourage them to do that, follow the path. There is ample opportunity to, to promote, especially with all of the retirements that we're having this year. Uh, that created a path, you know, for these other folks to move up the chain. So we're going to have a, a little less experience, but a lot more young, ambitious people that are now moving into these uh, sergeant and corporal positions. This sort of goes back to we're looking for all types of folks with mm-hmm. all types of skill sets, but we're also looking for some female. We uh, are. Some female help. So tell, tell us what that's about. So this is called the Ladies in Law Enforcement event. It's going to be held at our range on, I believe, August 14th, which is a Saturday. We have a session in the morning and a session afternoon. The ladies can go onto our website and there's a link to sign up for whichever you like. And we want to give them a taste of the kind of things they would encounter in a job here. Uh, we're going to start out with a big bang them up, you know, like SWAT presentation. That's really cool to see. But then we're, they're going to get to do the uh, the shoot, don't shoot training. They're going to get to do the physical agility course. We're going to try our hand at some traffic stops. And this is all to kind of give them a glimpse of what a career in law enforcement could be like. Um, now you don't have to necessarily be interested in applying to come. We encourage anyone to kind of come and see what the job is about. But the goal is to interest women in this career path. Uh, in the last five and a half years since we've been here, women have really worked their way up to the ranks. Right now, all four of our jail shift supervisors are female. And that's the first time that we've ever had that. So women definitely have opportunity to promote here. We want them to be interested in this field. And we thought maybe by holding this event just for them, maybe we could get some ladies to come and get a look at this career path or like maybe a mom and a daughter, daughter saying, I really want to pursue this mom, come with her, come to this event with her, do this together so that you can get a glimpse of the career that she's interested in. Boy, it, things have changed over the years. I remember when women fought tooth and nail just to be mm-hmm. allowed to join a police department. And now- right. You know, you guys are actively recruiting. Let's let's bring them in. Can you quantify for me just, you know, how dire is it like like staffing wise? Are you guys five percent down, 10 percent down? Do you know? Do you have any numbers? So I, I believe on the certified side, we're down about 30, which is significant. 30 so people 30, 30? uh, 30 uh, gun toters or certified deputies. OK, so 30 positions. Right. And but we anticipate losing, uh, you know, 10 more before the end of the year to retirements. And on the detention staff side, we've lost 120 detention officers since the start of the year. So we're constantly running academies, trying to keep those numbers going. But, you know, it's a it's an uphill battle at this time. Um, So that's why we are focusing so hard and heavy on recruiting, because we don't want to have to cut back on any of the services that we provide and neither do any of these other agencies, you know, so much so that we're actually doing a recruiting event together. We don't normally like to compete, but hey, if this is what we have to do to uh, keep all of these various agencies staffed, we'll do whatever it takes. Tulsa County Sheriff's Office spokesperson Casey Roebuck. You're listening to Oklahoma Perspective. After the city of Tulsa was hit by a cyber attack followed by a ransomware demand which the city did not pay, it took weeks to get the system back online. In July, the city held a press conference to give residents an update on the repair progress. I would like to stress that if your information was released on the dark web, you should take precautions. 
you should contact all three credit bureaus and issue a credit freeze or a fraud alert. You should monitor your financial accounts and credit reports and you should get with your credit and debit card companies and consider issuing fraud alerts. Outside of the data breach, most of our outward facing systems have returned to normal. The service impact to our citizens remains low at this time and work continues to restore a few internal systems, but we have made great progress since the May attack. Our current schedule for full recovery is scheduled to be completed September 15th, six weeks in advance of our, current, uh, of our planned schedule. Any questions? You said that 27 instances of people having their social security number shared has been discovered. Do you anticipate any more than that? No. Uh, and when you're talking about full recovery, what does that entail and uh, what, what is left to get to that point? Uh, most of our core systems are back up and operational today. Work order systems, IVR systems, um, our financial systems, billing systems. Uh, these are really a lot of in, uh, interdepartmental systems as well as interfaces between systems uh, that we'll be working on over the next month and a half or so. Um, at this point, do you guys, or can you give an update on where the investigation is? Have you identified a group or is that still um, not being released yet? Uh, the group has been identified. We will not be releasing their name. Is the group like a local group or like America, overseas? Can you? We'll not be commenting any further on that. Why won't you be releasing the name? And um... uh, This is a criminal organization that is looking for free advertisement, and we do not want to feed into that, nor do we want to perpetuate this kind of activity. You mentioned that you guys are launching, are launching the lookup tool. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Basically, citizens can go online and they can enter two identifying pieces of information, like their name, their date of birth, uh, and do a search, and it will tell them what was released, like their name, their address, their zip code, things like that. Sorry. Sorry, that's through your website, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure, that we begin, Michael. Um, sure, that we begin. And, yeah, and that's uh, www.cityoftulsa.org/cyber. Do you know if any of those 27 uh, people have contacted the city to say, hey, I think my Social Security number or other data was used? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Sorry, I know you guys have said this in the past, but will you take me through what's changed uh, security-wise and, I guess, looking forward, what's going to be different about being prepared for these similar situations? Sure. Um, you know, security is one of those things that you have to just really add layers. Um, this was a well-crafted attack. Um, organizations like this tend to customize the attack to your defenses. Uh, and that's what happened in this particular case. So what we've done is we've added additional layers onto our actual security uh, protocols, uh, as well as added additional monitoring uh, to hopefully catch someone doing this in the future. I know that Tulsa Police at one point they were doing restricted response. So those non-injury crashes, um, that was related to the ransomware attack, I understand. But can you talk about that at all? Are they still doing restricted response, or do you know where that is? Uh, I can't speak to that. Uh, I will say that we are in the, uh, all public safety systems are up and functional now. Uh, and they're a process of rolling out um, updates to all of the officers' laptops uh, as we speak, actually. So right now, a majority of people who should worry about this um, have filed police reports since 2015? Mm-hmm. Online, yes. Okay. Um, part of those utility systems that you were speaking of, uh, I think, was it part of it like people can pay their utility bills, correct? Correct. Uh, for what, for those who are in that situation, um, is there a, a, a thing to help them? Like if they if their bill compiled a big amount over that time, are they allowed to 
pay installments for those who are in that situation? Uh, I'll actually let uh, Troy answer that question. Yes, I'm Troy Stafford. I'm the billing systems utilities manager. Um, for customers that have built up a balance, and we're speaking probably from the May time frame on, um, we do offer, and we've offered this in the past, and it's always available, they can actually set up a payment arrangement by dialing our automated telephone system, and they can set that arrangement to go out 90 days. So any balance that's been accumulated over this time, they've got 90 days to pay that off with that payment arrangement. And probably the best way to get, get that arrangement set up is through our automated system, telephone system. What's that number? Is there a number system? The automated system? 311 will get you there, and 918-596-9511 uh, will get you there as well. Michael, was there any other information on, on how this compromise uh, happened in the first place, whether it was somebody clicking on something they shouldn't have done or something like that? Uh, the actual uh, method that these actors use is an email into an organization. Typically, it's a Word document, a PDF document that's sent innocuously, uh, and then they actually have code behind that document that actually, in essence, embeds itself into your organization uh, and beacons, uh, and basically it will beacon out uh, for someone to connect, uh, and that's actually how they uh, gained entry. Again, I know this has probably been quite the process for you guys getting to where we are and being done earlier, you said, than you planned. Um, do you want to say anything just about going through all this and, you know, all the people that have helped get to where you guys are now? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, my staff uh, has been working around the clock, uh, as well as many other departments have been working around the clock to uh, help us restore these systems. Uh, restoring a system is a multi-stage process. Um, you know, you have to stand the systems up, and then the end users have to test those systems and validate them, and then you can push them into production. And each one of our systems has to go through that phase. Uh, we have uh, over 400 different systems in the city, um, serving multiple departments, and a lot of them talk together, you know, talk to each other. Uh, so it's it's a it's a team affair. Uh, it takes everybody to, to be successful. Just that final final date of completion that you're anticipating is September 15th, is that what you said? Yes. Can you kind of speak about that online piece just so people know what it is? Sure. So the, the online system is available on our website, uh, again, www.cityoftulsa.org slash cyber. Uh, on there, you will actually have a link to a lookup tool, uh, and there the user uh, or the citizen can actually type in their name their zip code or their name and their date of birth and do a search and it will actually tell them uh, what information was released. I do recommend that citizens search multiple ways. Search name and date of birth, search name and zip code, because uh, like I said, different uh, reports may have only had just their name in it. Um, other reports might have had their full address in it. This is Oklahoma Perspective for Cox Media Group. I'm Bert Williams. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.